Welcome back to Channel 79. Once again, it's the TV crew, T and Vince. We try to get Troy on this week for our uh, UFC 214 special. However, his computer decided not to cooperate. So he's out. He has predictions for us, but that's it. Um, so Troy, get a new computer. We'll get you on. And that's it. That's all we got yep. for introductions. It's been the same two for the last couple of weeks, so no need to reintroduce ourselves, hmm. as Jay Z yeah. would say. Troy, Troy should think about getting a new computer. I think Jay Z said, "Allow me to reintroduce yeah. myself." But it's, it's just basically the same thing. I think Troy needs to get a new computer yeah. since it's almost a uh, fantasy draft season, so you better get to it. That's what I said. He better get yep. up before before his draft. Yeah, I got to get it going. Um, yeah, so we got fantasy coming up. Um, we're all in one league. I'm in a league with Troy when he's commissioner, and uh, there's there's less there's what is, what did it say six degrees of separation in life. There's like two degrees. Of yeah, separation pretty much. In that's football, a, that's so. that's about right. Yep. a good good little uh good little quote from me there two degrees of separation and in fantasy football uh, yeah there's a lot of crossover in our leagues and we'll be covering fantasy probably next week through through the end of time so be prepared yeah for that. the end of time being the super bowl and when yeah super bowl or whenever the, the yeah whenever well we have daily fantasy over. in the playoffs so We'll at least be talking through that, too. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll give you a heavy dose of fantasy in the coming months. So be prepared. Take some notes. We'll try to get you some, some sleepers, some good picks, some bad picks as well. <clears throat> but for this week, we have just a handful of current events. And then the... Uh, Majority of this episode will be UFC 214 Saturday night in Las Vegas, headlined by uh, John Jones and Daniel Cormier, as well as uh, some other title fights, some other big names on the card. So if you have Fight Pass, watch the prelims. If you have TV, FXX for those prelims, and then pay per view or uh, VIP box. Yeah, for the the main event, <coughs> or the main card, I should say. Well, both. So we'll hop into the current events. <laughs> oh yeah, you, yeah, you can you watch. Can, uh, yeah. Every fight really on the on the VIP box, so so no need to worry about that. If you have internet, you can you can watch them. And uh, we'll try to give you some good predictions, some good fight breaks, a little bit of fight breakdown with our limited uh, knowledge of fighting, and uh, try to get you some, maybe win you some money on DraftKings, and and that's it. Just enjoy the fights. There should be a couple good ones. And uh, yeah, yeah. We'll I don't. I mean, I don't know sure. about you, but I grew up on the mean street of Mary Street, so I've been in a few fights in my day. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, a couple, couple scuffles. On Mary Street, on, yep. What'd you say, Mary? Right. Couple scuffles on Mary Street, and then, and then all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
I, I believe uh, I believe there's a, a folk folk tale of a, a massive brawl outside yep. of outside of the Wilson Street. That is back in back in the day, probably shit. I don't know, eight eight ten no not ten years yeah. ago, eight years ago. Maybe. Yeah, good old good old Wilson days. Hey now, that house. house. That house had mold, it had asbestos, it had pretty much everything that you could have, and we're still living. So, my, my room was separated by, literally by, by, from, from the, you know, dead of winter, so, we've, that room's been, well, I did, and, uh, that other room was so tiny, Baumgratz's room, <laughs> Yeah, he slept. He slept on glass one night. Yeah, oh, like that was a that was a great <laughs> night, or a great story for for me. Well, probably for him now because it was so long ago. But um, yeah, that was. There's a lot of good. A lot of good things happened in that apart or in that house. House. So don't go bashing it. For sure, definitely, definitely some good times on Wilson carried over to. Shady in the the, full, the the years after that, and then yeah, so yeah, let's get uh, we we had some good times for sure. Oh yeah, so but let's get let's get into the current events. Sure. What do you got? All right, um, go basketball first. Yep, go I for guess. it. And we'll get this stupid one out of the way. D D Rose and LeBron working out in Vegas with Eric Bledsoe, so there's a little uh, little intertwined storyline out there happening in Vegas with uh, yep. two Cavs and a potential Cav in the making. I mean that's pretty much it. Which um, D Rose is working out in Vegas. LeBron invited him out. He invited I don't know who he all invited, but those two guys were, mm -hmm. were part of the, the press release, if you if you want to call it that. LeBron invited D Rose out to to work out, and also Eric Bledsoe, um, which is could be news, but it's not really news because they work out in the off season all, all the time anyway. They have a close relationship, and they have the same same management and all that stuff. But that kind of leads us into our our other NBA story is is the Kyrie rumors. Um, of course, he requested a trade out of Cleveland, and the major link would be out there, you know, major trade partner that's been rumored, that's been floating around is, is out there in Phoenix, who Butso would be part of a package back to Cleveland. Um, yeah, so what do you think about a package Phoenix can put together for Kyrie and yeah, I think, you know, a, a, so a I contract think or whatever? Obviously, you know, as they always say and <coughs> they always say where there's smoke, there's fire. And with the rumors, obviously, that Kyrie won has requested a trade, which I think have gone beyond the rumor stage, right? I think that they're they've pretty much been confirmed that he doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore. Um, <clears throat> so it does make it kind of does make a nice little fit there with with Phoenix, knowing that they have uh, Bledsoe, and you know, to me, they're kind of they're a little bit different player style wise but in terms of 
talent, I think they're pretty similar. Now, I think Bledsoe's probably plateauing a little bit, and Kyrie could get a little bit better. But in terms of being a trade partner and swap it just purely from the standpoint of swapping talent for talent, that could be a pretty good deal. And if they're so, that's with or without the rumor of um, Phoenix throwing in Josh Jackson, who they obviously just drafted. Um, if they throw in Josh Jackson, to me, that's a total win for the Cavs. Yeah. Like, if, if that's the deal... Yeah, that's a no-brainer for Cleveland. And a pick, if, it, if, it's, if it's Bledsoe, Jackson... And oh, yeah, you sign, you sign and you get that done. Even if it's, even if it's uh, Bledsoe, Jackson, and a pick, and you're sending Kyrie and, you know, another mid-tier player from the Cavs, you just you, you do that. Like, as long as it's not Tristan or... I mean, it wouldn't be Caleb, but as long as it's not him or LeBron, then I don't really see what your what your hesitation would be if you're, you know, from the Cavs standpoint. Obviously, from the Sun standpoint, why would you, if you can avoid including Josh Jackson, why would you not try everything in your power to to keep him? Um, because that would be a nice little <clears throat> a nice little startup team with Kyrie coming over with the experience and. That would give, since he needs to dominate the ball, that would give Jackson some time during the season to develop and get into the flow of things. And then by midseason, if he starts to hit his stride, you know, Phoenix could could make some noise in the West. Now they're in the West, which isn't which isn't very good <laughs> considering the way the the West has been stacked for the last couple years. But I, I yeah. the for how young those two are, and for how much experience they can gain by playing that tough competition maybe in a couple years they're you know they're in the upper upper half of the league and all of this is benefit them so if I'm the Suns then I'm trying my hardest to keep Jackson and if I'm the Cavs and Jackson's already in the deal then I don't know what they're waiting for Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with with both those scenarios. I mean, looking at it from the standpoint of the Cavs, it all for me it all comes down to how does mm-hmm. your return mesh with LeBron and his offense he likes to run, his defense he likes to run, which Bledsoe would fit right in. I think with LeBron, he you know they wouldn't miss a beat really, other than Kyrie's offensive ability would be a step back with Bledsoe, but. I think Bledsoe would handle playing alongside LeBron a lot better, and and of course if Jackson comes over, um, you know you could start him at the two or, or bring him off the bench for to eat eat up some minutes in the second team. So that's they would have a lot more flexibility with Jackson. Although the rumors mm-hmm. are now that Jackson right. will they not be involved, so they're going to have to get a little bit more creative. But um, but it, I was going to say if the Cavs can get Bledsoe. I mean, just no. Kyrie for Bledsoe is not a trade you make nope. for the Cavs. Straight up. No. So they're going to have to get a piece back, whether it's a piece they like that they can that they think they can play with, or if they're you know unloading a bad contract on Phoenix, or if they're getting a pick or something. It's not just Bledsoe for Kyrie is not a win for the Cavs. So 
they're going to have to to get creative with what they can do, what they can package with Bledsoe or, or with Kyrie to get the to get the value back that that they should. Um, now for Phoenix, if they can if they can get Kyrie and hang on to to Jackson, then they have a, a backcourt of Kyrie, um, Devin Booker, and Josh Jackson, which is phenomenal young backcourt that can grow and if they can play together for years. I mean that. The potential of those yeah. three playing alongside each other is in the sky's the limit for those three at that point. So yeah. that would be a, well, a well, win. Let me let's let's say I'm the, let's say I'm Phoenix, and you're Cleveland, and we're talking. So I'm not going to give you Josh Jackson. There's just there's no way, and you're not going to take Bledsoe for Kyrie straight up. There's you know that's dumb. Even even Kyrie, even even Bledsoe in a first round pick for Kyrie, you're probably not taking. Yeah. So the the pieces that I would I, offer I, I is so it would be Bledsoe and maybe the first round pick since those two pieces seem to be always linked in these deals. Now would you take those two um pieces and Tyson Chandler? You know, he's older, he's but he's good to feed the ball, doesn't need the ball on offense. Um and he's got a 13 million dollar contract. Do you take him? Is that good enough for Bledsoe, Chandler, and a first-round pick for Kyrie? Um, let me look at their roster real quick. Okay, so Chandler mm-hmm. got a big contract, and it's a two-year contract, which is something a Cavs would want, I think. So maybe if it's Bledsoe, Chandler... Um, and two pick, two two future first, maybe I do it, but I I, I would still say no. Maybe if it's um, maybe if I throw in a mm-hmm. let me get Cleveland. So maybe maybe if I throw in like a Shumpert contract, ten ten million. You know, if you get so if Phoenix oh. can eat that contract, maybe. But that's not that's not what the Cavs want. I don't think mm-hmm. that's not what the Cavs are looking for. I mean, they want something. I mean, Chandler can come off the bench and, and spell Tristan Thompson for sure, but um, but if they have to lose a, a rotation guy in Shumpert to eat uh, that okay. contract, and you're only getting and then you're basically still swapping, still swapping Kyrie for for Bussell. But 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 if if you're going to include two first round picks, now can we get a third team in? I can mm-hmm. flip them two first round picks and get. Uh, you know, a, a starting two guard or a, you know, a, a backup four or something. I mean, maybe, but there has to be a third team involved. I would think for the Cavs. All right. So Cavs, if you're so if you're rejecting that, let, let's talk. Only let's talk another trade though, and and a pick or two. Now, now I see. So what I would counter with like. Right. Well, this was, so this was going to be my scenario. I'm glad you brought in Booker to this um, conversation because if I'm thinking, well, he's not going to want, he's not going to just want Bledsoe. Does he want Bledsoe, Booker, Chandler, and a first round pick for say Kyrie, Shumpert, and Kevin Love? Does that change? Does that change your mind? Do you do you want to get rid of Kevin? Love? Do you like Devin Booker? A lot more than Kevin Love at this point in their careers, because Booker, you're going to have control over. He's younger. Um, 
obviously he's a sharpshooter that's going to be nice to be to have the kick out to um and then you can rely on tyson and you can even slot tt down in the four spot um the one thing that that does that the one thing that that means for you is it kind of it kind of makes the center of the court around the rim it kind of gives it congestion because Kevin Love's going to space it out where TT and uh, uh, Chandler need to be close to the bucket so it makes it harder for LeBron to maneuver but the trade-off you're getting is Devin Booker is a solid starting two guard um, almost almost like Clay Thompson um, so do you take that deal Bledsoe, Booker, Chandler and a first round pick for um, Kyrie and Love and then I said Shumpert in the first part, but you could keep Shumpert if you really want. I was just thinking loading contract-wise. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. in that scenario, I would, I would still probably give it a no-go, just because trading away two, two of your big three, kind of risky. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like the addition of Kevin Booker to the Cavs if they don't have to give up they love for him because um, then he could yeah. start your two guard and then your, your second team would be phenomenal, you know, pretty good with uh, JR coming off the bench to lead your scoring you know he's already been a six man of the year so that would be a good def- def- definitely be an upgrade at two and then you know if could, Booker could play, play some minutes at three but just the problem with Chandler and Thompson Mm-hmm. Um, compared to Love and Thompson, that that's just, I mean, from the from the perspective that I'm at now, I'm the Cavs GM or whatever. The only moves I'm making is for the finals matchup with the Warriors. Yeah. And if you're going to run out, so do you take Thompson so so say say Love's not there? The do you take Bledsoe, Booker, Chandler, and that first for Kyrie and TT? Yeah, um, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's an, yeah, and he, he, he'd be coming over. You so have, you would lose you Tristan and Kyrie. So you'd still lose two of your starters, but only one of your three. But you're getting Booker, you know. So it's just it's something to consider. I'm not even sure as the Suns GM I would want to do that because um, if I'm looking at my team, I say I really love Devin Booker. I mean, he's young, and he's going to be a stud in a couple years. So we're trading away him, for which is a which is a no-brainer. But we're also giving up Bledsoe in that deal. And if there's a way, if there's any chance in the world, I can start, I can roll out Kyrie Booker and Josh Jackson. Then I want to maintain that if I can. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, if we go back to our original deal, which was Kyrie and and an expi- and, a, and a contract like Shumpert for Bledsoe, Chandler, and picks. Now, if you give me those picks, and and New York is willing to take those picks, and maybe another contract, or maybe the the foreign guy Osman, you know, something like that for Melo, 
then that then that three team deal makes sense because then you have Bledsoe. The cast mm-hmm. starting five would be Bledsoe, Melo, yep. LeBron, Kevin Love, Christian Thompson, and that's a t- that's a starting five they they can compete with with Golden State. Now now I don't like I don't like Melo and and LeBron meshing. Maybe they will, but I don't, I don't like that. But if that's a deal you get, and you can start those five guys, and then you have Jr. You know, coming off the bench. You got Corver coming off the bench. You still have shooters coming mm-hmm. off the bench. And oh, and Derrick Rose and Jeff Green coming off the bench. Now that that's a really yeah. good team. That but you I think put together to to counter the yeah, the, and and certainly, and I think I think your selling point to Mello is so. A lot Come to Cleveland, where you know we're going to be in the finals. So, whatever happens during the regular season, don't worry about it because you're going to get plenty of playing time. You know that gives us more flexibility to sit LeBron more often, and it also gives you a chance to run the second team and just be the primary scorer like you are, but against you know lesser talent. So, I would if I was if I was talking when I was in the Cavs organization, I would just say like, listen, the season, the regular season doesn't matter. We're gearing up to fight to go against the Warriors in the finals, and we'll figure it out then. But come over now, and we'll during the season we'll work on you know where you're going to fit into the scheme, and then let's go up against them in the finals. That's only a seven-game series, so let's only focus on those seven games. But um, I, I get your point that in general, LeBron and Melo, the way Melo needs the ball and the way LeBron needs the ball, they aren't. They aren't a good unit together, or at least I don't think they. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, I think LeBron mm-hmm. makes it work. Obviously, I mean he's a genius out there. He could fit Melo and they're good friends. They would make it work. But I just, I, I, I mean, I just don't like. Maybe because I I don't like Melo's game that he's been playing in New York these last couple of years. Maybe that's why I'm not yeah so high on him coming to Cleveland. I think when he gets to Cleveland, they'll make it work, obviously. But I just don't like his offensive style. You know, he goes to the extended block, he posts up, and he shoots a contested jumper every yeah. possession if you watch him. Which, obviously, I don't think you would do in Cleveland with LeBron and everybody, but I just don't like that kind of offense. And, and, and Melo seems... Hard set on Houston anyway, so that's another wrench in the in the machinery. So there's a lot of moving pieces, like we said. There's a lot of scenarios out there, but I do like that starting five I mentioned for the Cavs to, to counter the Warriors, and then it gives them a very strong bench as well. But um, but it all comes down to it seems like they're uh, they are set on moving Kyrie. They're just trying to find the best deal, you know, the best team that they can do, the best package they can get back. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I mean, if they can make, if they can get Bledsoe, and if they can get another starting caliber guy or a younger guy, yeah. I think it's a deal that can make. Just, or just as the last and some assets that can be that can be turned into Melo or I don't even know. I don't even know who would be a, a good fit for the Cavs. Really, um, the cat the Cavs need. I just want to say, if the Cavs if the Cavs get Bledsoe, and they give up Irving and and Shumpert, say, the Cavs need either a guy like Melo that can start, and then you push Jr. to the bench, 
or a young guy that can come off the bench and be part of that second team and be part of the first team even, you know, if, if you need them. But they need to get, if they're going to trade Kyrie, they need to get younger, and, not younger, but they need to get somewhat somewhat young athletic guys yeah. that can eat up minutes and, yep. and mesh and with I LeBron. I mean, LeBron's pulling the strings, so to say. I mean, he's not pulling the strings, but any any move you make is, is how, how does this stay with LeBron? And they're worried. Well, you had something to say, but but they're worried about LeBron leaving. But if you if you give him a starting five of uh, Bledsoe, Melo, him, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson, and then the strong bench they still have, he, I don't think he leaves. No, he, probably he not. Better, better I mean, opportunity and, and unless Los Angeles, but he's had the best team he's had in years in Cleveland coming, last year. You know, he's not going to get a better and starting team and bench than than he would have with really, that team in, in Cleveland. Um, help him out, so. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's definitely had the best team, and he would have, I mean, if if Durant didn't mm-hmm. go to, I mean, this is kind of stupid. Yeah, just, uh, just real quickly on, um, I mean, he, in terms of who would be, last year and you know, who they should be considering. If I were them, if I were them, I would strongly be considering and I don't think this would ever work, so maybe this is just uh, fantasy booking to a certain extent. But if I were them, I'd be trying to talk. T- I'd <laughs> I'd love to, or I'd be talking to the Bucks, and I'd be trying any way possible to get like the Greek Freak, or even a, even in a package to get Del- Delhi back with uh, maybe uh, Jabari Parker in that deal. Like one of those two guys. Now I know Parker's coming off injury, so nobody knows exactly where he's at in his uh recovery and rehab but to me if i'm the Cavs and i'm trading away Kyrie, i'm looking at a team like the bucks who are um who have a bunch of young talent that could slot right in and make an impact in um you know the greek freak is one of those players and and even you know i love jabari parker so Maybe a lot of people don't see him the same way I do, but um, I think he's one of those players too when he's right and healthy. So, but just as a mm-hmm. yeah, I I I like that, and like you said, it's fantasy book game. That there's definitely you know there's definitely some pipe dreams out there like Wiggins if they could get Wiggins or if they could get mm-hmm. a package from the Bucks or if they could get um you know I don't I don't even know but there is you know them pipe dreams out there where they get a young guy coming up like that or they get a package with a Parker and a Deli and a pick and maybe maybe another guy so uh I don't know if you know yeah it, there's no that pipe dreams yeah, that, out there that me as a cash fan would like to see and yeah i don't I think do we like need to spend much lot. more time on it but i, I just thought Parker that that would be a is, good is trade partner good return for Kyrie, but but you'd have, but i mean but you'd have yeah you'd have to work it out obviously so yeah for sure it's just fun to like you said fantasy books so we'll 
move on. That's all for NBA. Um, we can move on to the end, or we could just, yeah. I just have one note that's mm-hmm. outside here that um, uh, Jordan Spieth won the British Open. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, that's all we have to say about that. I think the Bridgestone is next <laughs> week. It's kind of a big tournament, but it's not a major. And the next major is uh, the right, PGA, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess process of elimination. It's got a, what what yeah. are the four majors? Uh, Masters, <clears throat> U.S. Open, the British Open, and the PGA. So yeah, the PGA is the last major. All right, so keep an eye out for that. Tiger Woods is probably going right. to win that. So, so in case anybody didn't know, the U.S. won the uh, 2017 Gold Cup. Uh, 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 oh, we'll Josie scored in the 45th minute, and Jordan Morris scored in the 88th minute. Um, they won 2-1 over ahead. Jamaica. So nothing nothing really major happened. Uh, well, the, actually, the goalkeeper for <clears throat> Jamaica actually left with an injury. Uh, Josie blasted one from about 35 yards out on a rocket. And the guy, like, outstretched his hands, um, blocked it with his hand, and then it dropped straight down. And I forget who came in from the U.S., but he came in and swung uh, his foot, and the goalie's hand was right there, and he, you know, kicked the goalie's hand, um, and it was all all bloodied up and dislocated a couple fingers, I think, and they had to take him out of the game, so it was a pretty... Uh, scary moment, but for the re- for the rest of the match, it it seemed like it went uh, pretty smooth. And you know, this is it's obviously a good sign when the U.S. wins anything, but we shouldn't be getting too excited um, for the U.S. soccer fans because the Gold Cup isn't really a top tier tournament, and most of the players, uh, most of the big name players, don't even play. So Josie played in this one. And Michael Bradley played, but like Clint Dempsey didn't play, and Mexico lost to Jamaica because they didn't play like their best players. So, you know, it's always a good thing to win the gold, but just keep in mind that this isn't, you know, one of the mainstream tournaments either. So, a lot of the big teams didn't play. Now, this is only North America, I believe. So, like Argentina and Brazil aren't in this tournament, weren't in this tournament. So, that's another thing to think about, but. Um, it's always a positive when the U.S. wins a gold, especially in soccer. Yeah, 20... Is it 2018? It's next year, I think. So, so I imagine most people only care about the World Cup. No, Russia first, then Qatar in 2022. Yeah. Okay, so the World Cup next year. Is it the one in Qatar? <laughs> Alright, if Qatar is even in, in existence by then, we'll have to see. But, <laughs> but, uh, next, so next summer will be World Cup time. And, uh, yeah, well, hopefully the U.S. does yeah. some good things. I mean, we always, we always have high hopes going in. But uh, the last one, they kind of got in the group of death and had a little bit of hard, hard road to the tournament yep. play, I guess. So we'll see what they can get this year or next year, I guess. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of the World Cup, so can't wait for that. So 
so back to uh, American football. Some training camps opened up this week, I think. So got some players reporting to camp. Some players not reporting to camp as well. Um, but they're going through, you know, their initial. Yep, Ridley signed with Denver. Devonte Booker. Uh, he's out at least six weeks for a fracture, a wrist fracture. So they brought him in to add a little depth. Um, and I think they also brought him in because they're not. While Jamal Charles um, is a little is healthier. Um, they're trying to ease him back into it. So, you know, he's not, they're trying to avoid giving him heavy workload in the training camp for a good reason. So they brought in, um, they brought in Ridley to take some of the load off of the other guys. Yeah, that's a good move, at least for camp. You know, see what he can do there. Uh, another injury news out of Baltimore. Joe Flacco, I think, has ruptured a disc or something in his back. So his, he's out at least three weeks, maybe six weeks. I know he's out to at least week two. So they'll be looking at quarterbacks. Um, I believe Kaepernick is a potential uh, guy they can bring in there with the Harbaugh connection and some other... Uh, connections there so that's something to look for Kaepernick maybe finally landing somebody and uh, you know you're going to see some quarterbacks signed here training camps and uh, you know preseason early regular season if some quarterbacks get hurt you know these guys are going to get signed and, and maybe get a chance RG3 just had a workout um, with the Chargers I mean they're not they ended up trading for yep. Cardo Jones of the Bills so they're not going to end up signing him but you know these guys are going to start getting looked at start getting workouts and Maybe a few of them will get signed earlier in the season or, you know, preseason or whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, he wants to be the highest-paid player in the NFL. That's not, that. even, that's not highest-paid receiver. And, uh, that's highest-paid player. Beckham he makes news uh, eight and a half this year, I think. What he would like uh, to get out of his next contract. His final anyway. year or fifth year of his rookie contract. Um the top player, the top wide receiver, I think, is Dez. Or, oh, maybe it's Antonio Brown now. Or maybe it's, I don't know. Both of them are making around 17. So, they're making um, double. They're making double what Beckham is. And the highest paid player this year, just for reference, I believe is Flacco. So, yeah, he's got a, was almost, it was 24.5 million. So I mean, we're talking about if 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 Odell's serious, which I you know I think he probably is. He's talking about an increase of sixteen yeah, million dollars. <laughs> um, so I doubt the Giants are paying that, but <clears throat> he could probably get up to seventeen. I do like his, uh, um, you know, his vision. You know, I mean, you got to shoot for something. Might as well shoot for the top. I like, I like his. I think he's got a good, you know, mind for the business side of the sport. I think he's kind of like LeBron James in some aspects of of the basketball. You know, LeBron James. When I mean, we talked about this, LeBron James played out the blueprint of how to be a free agent, and nobody seemed to follow it. But he at least 
was the one who who trailblazed how to do it. Although not a lot of guys followed followed the blueprint, but I think Odell is in a position to do something similar to that. I think being paid higher than yeah. you know quarterbacks. And is, I think I think he's going through is, what uh, Bell is going through. Le'Veon. I like, think like dream, like teams before, are going to pay out those positions. It, They're only going to pay those that kind of money to quarterbacks. Owners are going to be. So you know, out that kind of money for other wide receivers are, are out of luck. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, that's all uh, I got to say nope, about that. He's definitely an entertaining uh, player. Weekly FanDuel Baseball with me, um, Luke, and Vo. Uh, yeah, Vo, Vo won this week. Paid. So that's all I got. So that's all of our current events, unless you've got something in the meantime. Oh, there you go. All right, good job, Vo. Shout out, Vo. Um, all right, so that's our current events. If we missed anything, who cares? If we, I don't think we did though. And now we're going to go into the main course of this podcast: UFC 214 Saturday night, Las Vegas. John Jones, Daniel Cormier, two. Um, three. Let me get the card up yeah, here. There's three, three title a lot of fights. fights on the card. Three on and the, the other two fight path are basically. And file well, your main if one card. of the two, you know, in each fight, if one of those um, two fighters good, wins, they basically are going to be the next card. top contender. Um, so, that's right, and we got uh, you know some decent guys on the on the preliminary card, and we got a woman's fight. Uh, headlining the fight pass card, so it's definitely a good card. I mean, you got Jones in DC, which is uh, um, you know the main rivalry, if you want to call it that, in the in the game, in my eyes, anyway. So, anytime those two guys get on a card, hopefully yep. everything works out. You got to keep our fingers crossed for that tomorrow morning uh, when they weigh in, and we'll see how that goes. But everything's looking good so far, and it's going to be a um, should be a hell of a hell of a couple fights for sure Saturday night. Uh, so we're gonna give you some predictions. We got my predictions, T's predictions, and we have Troy that uh, gave me some predictions as well. So we'll flip his in as we talk about the fights. We have yep. uh, we have the odds for you. You know, we'll give you no, give you those. The only thing I gotta say fight. before we get into it, and I don't know have, if you wanna do. Uh, we we sh- maybe we'll just update the DraftKings so we'll throughout. We say who we're gonna pick, and then at the end we just run through the lineups, but. Um, the only thing I'd say about it before so, we get into it deep um, is uh, this card is stacked. Um, even the XXX prelims, three of those four fights, um, both fighters in them are, are ranked. So, I mean, they're not, the UFC isn't messing around here. This should have been, in my opinion, even though I know Jones couldn't fight during fight week, or it would have been like right when he was eligible. Um, if this was the fight week card, it would have been huge, but it wasn't. So, um, but yeah, that's all, that's all I wanted to say before we, before we get into it, is this card's going to be huge from top to pretty much bottom. 
Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. This card is stacked with talent, and and like I said, three title fights, and then two fifteen and two more title fights. So they're they're lumping everything together, which is is good for the good for the good for the present, but not good for the for the future anyway. But what's that? We'll just jump right into our our predictions. I think uh, the first fight will start with might as well be the uh main event of the the prelims is that where you want to start you want to start at the prelim main event can you hear me hello Vince. Oh, I can hear you. I can hear you there. Oh, now I can't hear you. Yeah. All right. Are we good? I don't know what's going on. I can hear you now. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Now can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Vince. Can you hear me? Vince. Hey. hey, can you hear me? Oh, what was wrong with what was going on there? Hello. Hello. Hey. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you now. I don't know. It just didn't work. All right, that was weird. You kind of were like. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. All right, we're good then. All right, you want to start? Oh, yeah. yeah I don't you know what happened. Do it first? Oh, if it's working, it's working, so. All right, um, I All right. said, do you want to so start the with the main uh, event of the FXX card? Of the, of the this one features... Uh, Ricardo Lamas versus Jason Knight. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you want um, to kick it off, yeah. Lamas is uh, number three ranked, and Knight is 15th ranked. Uh, for this fight, um, the Vegas favorite is Jason Knight, which is a little bit interesting. Obviously, like I said, he's the 15th ranked fighter versus 
Lamas, which is the third ranked. Um, <clears throat> so he's he's favored at he's minus one thirty five. Uh, Lamas is almost even, but he's plus one oh five. Uh, and then the insider favorite. Um, I looked at a couple different insiders, and all of them had uh, Jason Knight uh, picked here. Um, <clears throat> so when you think about this, when I was thinking about this fight. Um, the way I looked at it was Lamas is, uh, is he's the older fighter by like 10 years. Um, def and despite that, he's actually had less fights and really in, in the last, um, in the last 18 months, he's really only had two fights in that time frame. Uh, and he was one and one Knight, on the other hand, he's had four fights in that time. Um, and each of those four were wins, so I kind of like Knight a little bit better in this one with um, with the insiders. Um, the other thing is, in in those four wins, Knight won all of them, and in the last two, uh, there were no doubt wins. He submitted Alex Caceres, and in the last one, he KO'd Chas Skelly in the. <clears throat> In the, I think it was the second round, maybe it was the third round, and that fight was just awesome from start to finish, and it kind of proved that Jason Knight has a pretty strong chin because he was getting rocked with a couple of those punches by Skelly, and then at the end he he ended up finishing him. So my pick in this in this one is um, Jason Knight over Ricardo Lamas. Um, and I picked that. I actually picked that on DraftKings too. So that was one of my um, picks. So I don't know how you see the fight, or if you want to do Troy's prediction. Uh, Troy didn't give us one for that, but. <laughs> But that's all right. Uh, you broke it down just like I would have broken it down. I have Jason Knight mm -hmm. on my DraftKings lineup as well. Uh, as far as DraftKings pricing goes, they were the same price. And I picked Jason Knight in my lineup. And I think he will get it done. Hopefully he gets a finish for us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, one I, thing, the one thing Lamas uh, has going for him, which I know is... You know, he's at the four um, wins. And that time frame... It's a material and, uh, thing is... I think he's going to get it done. In, he in does have the better nickname. And, and He's the bully, the top 10 guy next and, and Jason Knight is keep, the kid. Keep after that. So, oh no, I'm just saying, like, if if you're gonna pick a fight, though, you're gonna take the bully versus the kid. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. But yeah, I, I like Knight better in this one, and it's just, it's interesting that this. So this plot kind of. Well, you gotta. So I have a little bit of a. Bully, I don't know. If, I would <laughs> say it's a golden rule. Oh it's yeah. It's more yeah, of yeah. A, just a rule of thumb, which is yeah. when you. When anybody who's an athlete in particular is out of a sport for a while, like Lamas has only had two fights in 18 months, to me that says he's probably, not that he's not interested, but it means that he's either A, he's been injured a lot, or B, he just hasn't um, had that you know fighting passion that a lot of these guys need to have to get into the thing. So if even if it's if it's one of those two things... I don't like that he's only had two fights in 18 months. A typical fighter has has about four, like Knight did. Um, so that's one. Of, that was one of the reasons, and one of the the rules I kind of live by in in sports, 
uh, or at least in fantasy sports, is you know has the guy played recently and and how has he fared in those in those recent fights? So that's why I'm ultimately going with uh, Knight over the higher ranked Lamas. Who, but it looks like Vegas and and the insiders and you and um, are gonna are are with me on this one. So. Yeah, I have them. Um, I think I put in my notes second round. I just can't see where, exactly where I said it, but I'm pretty sure I gave him second round. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give my. I'm gonna give Knight third round stoppage. Well, I'm gonna. It's funny you say that because I'm actually gonna. I believe I'm gonna break that rule twice tonight, and John Jones is one of those. So, so two out of the three times when I'm going to mention this rule, I'm actually going to break it. <laughs> so, and the exception to that rule is, is John Jones. Yep. Right. <laughs> well, like I said, there's exceptions to that rule, and the exception is a, is a is a once in a lifetime fighter yep. athlete like John Jones, and, and yeah, so. Throwing the same same boat there with the uh, the Fox or I guess the F F X X card. We got both got Chase and Knight via stoppage, and we both chose them for our DraftKings lineup. So yep, we got that. Now we'll jump on into the uh, pay per view card. We have a light heavyweight. Yep, he's the favorite at one eighty five and light heavyweight fight between uh, Volkan is and plus one fifty. Volkan Ozdemir. Um, I believe Manawa is the favorite. You can confirm that, but so just some backstory with Manawa. He's uh, basically on this card in case Jones or something happened to Jones, and he had to step in into the the main event. That's what Dana said. Going back to the last it. time Jones was was you know taken off of the card, so. That's the thinking behind having another light heavyweight fight on the card. Manoa would be brought in to, to step into the main event if needed. That was Dana White's thinking anyway. But um, yeah, so a nice switched, another yeah. light heavyweight fight. Manoa Ozdemir, and you can go ahead and or well, I don't know if someone just want to predict it. Manoa is uh, from America, I believe. Ozdemir is a, a Russian fellow or Swiss fellow. It looks like. Um, yeah, Swiss. Um, Ozemir's 10 years younger um, and it looks like uh, Kimi Manawa has two knockouts his last two fights two performance of the night bonuses as well so he's mm -hmm. on a hot streak his last two fights Ozemir's on a four fight win streak yeah, yeah I have um, um, two stoppages and two uh, decisions I, I'm, uh, it's interesting you say that about Dana White I haven't heard and that he's only had um, 10. Well, I, I kind of expected that was a little bit of the case, but uh, I really expected that when we when you, when you opened it, um, <clears throat> when you opened it about UFC, and I mentioned that the other two fights, meaning the Manawan and Lawler fight, one of those two was would be the number one contender if they won, and I believe that Manawa is one of those guys. If he wins, um, it's a shoe-in for him to face whoever wins that Cormier-Jones fight. Um, <clears throat> that's basically how I see it is... UFC was saying, and it's in, like I said, I didn't think about it the way you said that Dana came out and said, but I always thought that Mana was a Mana was a part of this card because yep. if you remember back to when Joe Cormier beat Rumble, 
Jones was there, and Manawa was there, and Manawa and Cormier addressed both of them. He said basically, Jones, you ain't shit. Manawa should be the next one who gets the chance. And of course, we all know that wasn't going to play out. And Cormier's next yeah, fight was Manoa, definitely going to be against yeah, Jones as long there. as Jones yep. passed all the yep. things he needed to do to get into it. Um, <clears throat> so when I seen Manawa was included in this card, I said, "Oh, that's because no matter what happens in that Cormier Jones fight, Manawa is going to step in and fight the winner of that. Um, and then if Jones Cormier wants to do wants to do it again for the third time, then it's going to have to be after that fight." Um, so that was my thinking into it, but, um, my breakdown on the fight was, <clears throat> um, like the night fight, everyone has Manawa winning this, um, it's easy to see why he has the better reputation and the longer UFC career, like you mentioned, um, and he's only lost, his only two losses, Manawa's, were to Rumble when he was elite and Gust and, uh, Alex Gustafson, so those are two top tier fights or two top tier fighters um <clears throat> another reason i had for, to pick uh manawa was he beat uh ovin st Pru by tko and, and that was last october <clears throat> and the reason i bring that up is because uh oc or osp's next fight after that was against volcan um and that was volcan's ufc debut in which he won by a split decision so that check mark goes to Manawa. You know they both fought the same the same opponent, and Manawa finished him, and and Volcan didn't. It had to go to the judges. Um, and then Volcan's last fight was actually 28 seconds long. He, you know, uh, I forget who he was fighting, but that guy came in and he was he actually kind of rocked Volcan a little bit, and Volcan was like dropping back. And this guy was just going in and throwing bombs at him. And they got to the cage. And Volcan kind of like bounced off the cage a little bit with his back. And this guy like, as he did that, this guy ducked in. And it looked like Volcan uh, hit him with a haymaker to the back of the head. And this guy just fell. And then Volcan threw like one or two punches and the ref stopped it. So it, it, it looks impressive on paper when you look at it. Like, oh, 28 seconds. Like that's... A quick win but if you watch that fight he's actually losing the fight and he lands a nice counter punch which sometimes that's all it takes but man I don't know after seeing that I was like that's not a <laughs> that's not a particularly good way to win so I, I have I ended up picking I actually picked Manawa in this so that was my that was my pick Yeah, I mean, Manawa is, like I said, the favorite in Vegas. Okay. And uh, I was going to say something about what you said earlier on, but I can't remember what I was going to say. So it doesn't matter anyway. I uh, picked Ozdemir to win in my DraftKings just because I need a cheap, a cheap mm -hmm. guy to throw in. And I think, I don't know. And I don't think you're a little bit of a I don't think I you're hope. far off. I think um, when you look at it, he's 14 and 1. Not get, not I get mean, stopped, which would be 
Yep, exactly. For DraftKings in that position anyway. So that's just my thinking there. Um, Yeah, he's doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yep. like I said, he's, he's cheaper than Manawa, $1,400 cheaper, yeah. $8 cheaper. So <clears throat> I put him in my lineup, and, you know, he's got a he's got a puncher's chance, as I like to say, in the fight game. So, yeah, that's my pick there, and, and that's the last fight. We didn't get a, a, a pick from Troy either, so we're, we're split on that one anyway. Um but Manawa's a beast too. He's uh, like they said, he's in line for the for the title fight. If oh, and yeah, I remember well, that he, he's in line say for that. the title there fight. Was a rumor today I seen um, Jones next no opponent what, unless Jones went and they, and they go super fight with Jones and somebody else, then some sketchy stuff's gonna go on and yep. some you know intern belt or some kind of stuff like that. But yeah that's exactly yeah if they go something crazy like that with jones then then it's a little different than you know he's fighting for an interim belt or, or whatever it is but if everything stays the course you know pre pre mcgregor days before this everybody decided to shake up the weight division so if everything stays the course and he wins he's next in line for the belt yep and yeah that's that's what i was gonna say but yeah he's next in line for the belt unless jones wins and they go super fight with somebody else like lesnar if Lesnar can enter into USADA testing again and service suspension and all that kind of stuff, but uh, so we're split on that one, and uh, yes, we, we took them both differently in uh, draft things as well, and no pick for from Troy for that one, but the next yeah, Troy has a pick. Uh, number three, Lawler's number three. Fight. Cerrone's number six. Waller's uh, favored one minus one sixty. Uh, to Cerrone's plus one thirty. Okay, so um, number three, number six. Waller's Vegas favorite. Looking at Lawler's uh, previous fights here, he was on a five straight five fight win streak, and then he lost to Woodley for the belt in his last fight. And Cerrone fights pretty much every week it seems like. Um, he was on a four fight win streak and lost to Masvidal via TKO. He took that on yep. a couple weeks' notice, I believe, and I don't think he was in the right frame of mind yet for that fight. And he got knocked out quick. But this is a heck of a matchup between two two fighters, man. They just go in there and they they, they brawl it out. So this this should be a good bout. Um, they're both pretty old, 34, 35. So they got some yeah, ring experience. Down, and let's uh, kick it off. Do you want to give Troy's your pick? Pick, or do you want me to wait? Like I said, Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cer Cowboy Cerrone. And um, Troy's mm -hmm. pick is Lawler by knockout. Um, I didn't pick. Okay, let's just say I didn't pick anybody in my Fanduel or DraftKings. Sorry for this one, mm -hmm. but yeah, my, I would pick. So I didn't. I didn't pick this on DraftKings either. Um, I'll I did end up picking Waller, Waller, but 
my breakdown basically says like to start I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna say that this ends in KO likely in the second round uh this is the Lars first fight since losing the welterweight belt like you said to Woodley um who's also on this card in the in the champion in the co-main event against Maya um and he did this what a year ago I believe he lost it um yeah and, and again like you said uh Cerrone's coming off a KO to Masvidal um the thing that the thing that really caught my attention with the Cerrone um thing is I don't I don't remember if you brought this up or not but I think it was too uh, the rumor there's a rumor going around that he's coming off a staph infection um which which can be painful um but the big but the more importantly than the pain itself is you're not going to go to the gym if you have a staph infection and staph infections aren't really contagious unless you have oh, like right. a right. an open cut or yeah open cut or wound on you so he's not and that's where you know all those gyms have blood all over the place and guys are constantly getting cut and so that like no gym is going to let him wrestle or even even if it's just wrestle or light sparring like no gym's gonna let him in and he's not gonna you know he's not gonna willingly endanger other people either i don't think um so that's my only risk that's only risk with having the staph infection is how much work can you really do outside of cardio to get ready for a fight so that's why um this is my when i mentioned earlier breaking my golden rule uh lawler hasn't really fought that much lately but in this circumstance with Cerrone's, you know, rumored staph infection injury, they kind of are on a little bit of an even playing field. So I'm actually going to go with Lawler here, um, even <laughs> though he hasn't fought since, I believe, last January. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, that's all three of our picks as well. Lawler by knockout, it looks like. Um, yep. I just think Cerrone's taking one yep, too many. I didn't, you can only take oh, yeah, so many shots with this, the chin. I think his chin I didn't pick, isn't as strong as it used to be. I think DraftKings either. eventually Lawler's going to land enough punches to to get the stoppage. So That's what I got for that. Yeah, neither did I. Um, so three knockout picks for Lawler there, and we can move into our for the first title fight of the night. The for the vacant title, 145 women's title, Chris Cyborg versus Tanya Evinger. Uh, Evinger's coming over from Invicta. She was the champion over there, and uh, she's coming over as kind of a third string option for Cyborg. Uh, Duranda vacated the belt rather than fight Cyborg. And then Megan Anderson um, was scheduled to fight but couldn't get a visa clearance or something like that. This so is the biggest. Pulled, this is the biggest Avenger from their Invicta series. And now she's in and she's stepped up to take on Chris Cyborg, who um, is. Uh, what? Yep. She, yeah, she's a she's a huge. I don't know what it is, but I imagine she's a huge uh, favorite. Cyborg's like uh, she's a she's she's the heavy puncher of the women. She's a 
I don't know. She, I think she's pretty well known outside of outside of normal circles, just because of her looks and her her brutality in the ring. I guess so. Yeah, she's had two fights in in UFC, both knockouts, first round, second round. Um, this will be her first fight at 145, which is uh, better for her. She she walks around at heavier weight than most women's fighters, so she has a tough time cutting down to pretty much whatever whatever class they have her at, but. They pretty much brought her in to fight in the UFC at 145, so this is her first time there, and uh, yeah, she can uh, get the belt on her finally. And is that your pick? See what else they can do in the 145 division. I'm just writing. I'm just writing them down. Um, let me get Troy's pick here. He picked Cyborg by knockout, and I think that's pretty much everybody's pick in the world. Is that your pick? Um. Yeah, that's my pick. Is um, is women still three for champion? Avenger's pretty tough, so maybe... Uh, is it five? Championship round knockout, maybe third round knockout, but I think eventually she'll... All right, I didn't know if the women the were... I didn't know if the women division was different or not. It's just um, a matter of time, I think. So, I actually picked Avenger on, oh, on DraftKings, um, yeah, but I also picked her for some reason, in the actual fight. So, I know it's a little bit of a long shot, but... <clears throat> Um, no, they this go, they is, go this is her four. debut, which is a little bit scary on two fronts oh, man. because, like you said, well, first of all, like you said, this is this is actual Cyborg's fighting weight. Like she shouldn't have been at um, lower than one forty-five. So this is exactly where she needs to be, which is a little bit disadvantaged Avenger because I think she is in the lower weight class. Like she should, like she walks around at that weight. So. Yeah, <clears throat> so that that gives me a little concern, and I think it being her debut, one of three scenarios is going to be true. Is yeah, she I did. mean, I guess this is true of any fight, but it especially seems yeah, to come out in debuts. Either she's going to come out flat-footed because she wants to really downplay her nerves, which is a bad thing against Cyborg because she's she'll just eat you alive. Um, the other bad scenario is she comes out. And her nerves tell her to just attack Cyborg, which is another terrible idea. Um, she needs to be, she needs to remain defensive, but with a little bit of aggression, if that makes sense. So when Cyborg comes into attack, Avenger can't just stand there. She's got to circle around her and try to, you know, punch her or take her down. Um, so if she does, I think if she does that, and I think she has a pretty good chance. Now her takedown accuracy, when I was looking, was 100%. Um, so if she can get her to the ground, I think she has a pretty good chance. She finishes, so she's a little bit different fighter than Cyborg, obviously. Cyborg finishes 88% of her fights by TKO, um, or else it goes to decision. So, Avenger has to survive, but every, over a third of Avenger's fights, she submits the other person. So, it'll to me, it'll come down to one of those, who can, if Avenger can get cyborg down which is no which is not an easy task but if she can get her down i think she can get a she has a chance to win and that's a position that cyborg isn't used to fighting out of so i ultimately picked avenger in this one um and she hasn't you know avenger isn't really a slouch either she hasn't lost since 2011 so i realize it's 
Yeah, and I realize it's it's an Invicta, which isn't the UFC. I mean, the UFC is the top of the MMA game, but I don't know. I'm pick I'm picking Evanger, and I I actually feel kind of pretty good yeah, about def- it. Definitely so, a tough fighter. We'll see how bad how sure, big of an but... idiot I am when Cyborg TKOs are in a minute and a half. But um, yeah, I'm going with Evanger. Yeah. That's all right. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mind the pick. There's always a like I said. There's always a a, a chance if you can get her down and and catch her. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you, you see that opportunity to pick to time other people in the in the in the, <laughs> the fight game. So there's always a chance. And what? Why not? Why not take a flyer on somebody that's yep. whatever sixty six hundred dollars or whatever she is on Fanduel? Because if she if she if she it, yeah, if she gets a stoppage, and then that's a that's a huge. Uh, I have I have Evanger in have a decision, and I have sure. her just I have so, her in a decision uh, decision by survival mode. For, uh, for <laughs> I have her maybe losing a round, but ultimately she's she's going to take or, down uh, Cyborg and try to keep her on the ground as long as possible and just win by control. You know, similar to how Maya. You know, well, yeah, how Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, he's a point getter, <laughs> and, and it's kind of how Maya in the next fight. He kind of. I mean, he try he actually submits people, so it's a little bit different. So, but so does Avenger. She just I don't think she, I just don't think Avenger will submit Cyborg. That's Floyd Mayweather. So I have Avenger in a yeah. in a decision, probably a split decision even. Yeah. All right, there's some good predictions for you there at the the first title fight of the night, 145 Women's Championship. Number one contender. And we can go ahead and move on to our next title fight, Tyron Woodley versus Damian Maya, welterweight championship. Woodley is the defending champion. Maya is a challenger. Woodley, yeah, number one contender. Woodley Maya is, won. Um, yeah. You can remember him from his last two fights against Wonderboy Thompson um, that were kind of snooze fest. And Maya is uh, looking at his record right now on a 6-7 fight win streak against Masvidal, uh, Gunnar Nelson, Matt Brown, Carlos Condowitz. So kind of some names in there. He's doing well for himself. He obviously got himself a title fight. And like you said, he's a submission specialist and Woodley is not. He's more of a puncher, brawler, except he didn't really throw a lot of punches against Thompson, but that's a different story. Um, so it's it's a clash of two different styles, which is pretty much every fight Maya's in. Yep. He's going to try to get you to the ground, take your back, and, and choke you out pretty much. So. so like I said, that's the welterweight title fight. Okay. Maya versus Woodley. Woodley coming in as champion. And uh, I guess I'll start with my prediction of this fight. Um, I picked Maya on DraftKings. Okay. Um, I have. And I think he's gonna get. Uh, I think he's gonna take Woodley so down. So when I, when I, I was re- when I was reviewing him. this fight, um, <clears throat> I pretty much said like the key to the key to Woodley winning um, has to be. I mean, it absolutely has to be him defending the takedown. Maya. 
yeah, Maya finishes almost 50% of his fights by via submission. So, you know, that to me just says don't go to the ground. Um, <coughs> uh, and and that's that's the bad news yep, for Woodley. That, that's, uh, uh, that's the good news one. for him is, dude has a takedown defense of 92%. I mean, that's no, that's no slouch. So so it's not like Maya's gonna be able to easily take him down. You know, because some some of these. UFC guys in particular that are stand-up strikers, they don't necessarily know how to defend the takedown. So when they go up against somebody like Maya, like yeah, Maya might eat a couple big shots, but as soon as he gets to get you to the ground, it's over. Like unless you can survive the round, it's just yep. Yeah. So and th and that's kind of. If you look, if you remember back, so I, I wrote down some notes on the Woodley Thompson thing. I'm with you. They were kind of snooze fests, and and I really believe this that Maya and yep. Woodley he, both lost their last the round, fights. He's gonna get you um, They both went to the judges, I believe. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily remember the circumstances around Woodley and Thompson's fight, but I remember the Masvidal Maya fight really well, and I remember being pissed off at the end of that because I thought Masvidal won that. And in my opinion, that's kind of what we're talking about is Masvidal is a striker. And to me, when you look at it, and the, I, uh, when I was watching it, the fight was pretty much dead even. So one part of me says, you know, don't let, don't ever, ever let the judges decide it. That's a bad idea. But the, but the one part that I look at is if they're, if they're pretty much even, um, who did what they're best at better than the other person and in my opinion masvidal who's the who is the better striker in that yep. he landed 62 percent of his significant strikes on maya and he out significant strike maya so and then maya who's the better takedown guy um he was only he only had 33 percent of his takedowns successful so when i'm looking at who did what they do best better Masvidal, who landed 62% of his significant strikes, versus Maya, who had a 33% success rate taking down Masvidal. Like, I think Masvidal won that. And at the end of the day, you can't let the judges decide it. Um, but it's just, it, to me, it kind of li a little bit taints this match. Because to me, both of these, it should be, if anything, it should be Wonder Boy versus Masvidal instead of Woodley versus Maya, but that's not the fight we have. Um, I ultimately am picking Woodley because in in this fight, and it really has more to do with the fact that I think Masvidal got screwed out of being in this fight than it does that I actually think Woodley will win. So um, just take that into, just note that, but uh, ultimately I am picking uh, Woodley here. I'm picking Woodley, um. Yes, I'm picking Woodley by decision. Yep. That is not a DraftKings pick. Woodley by decision. Is that a DraftKings mm -hmm. pick as well? Okay, I I picked Maya on DraftKings. Um, yep. Some thinking behind that just because he's, what a, he's a cheaper one? value. Um, there's, you know, there is a chance he, he does get a submission, and there's, Woodley you know, there's decision. a. It's almost a guarantee you he's not going to get stopped. Submission. So it's a pretty safe pick as far and as drafting goes. So. Uh, we all had Lawler KO, right? 
Oh, sorry. Troy picks Woodley by okay. unanimous decision. Yeah, I think that takes us to the... My bus mission, correct. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dick cock. Alright. So now time for the, the main course of John Bones yep. Jones versus Daniel Dick Cock Cormier. Um, yeah, Dick Cock. I don't know what his actual nickname is, but it's probably something stupid. Yeah, something stupid. So, uh, we're obviously going to be a little biased towards John Jones. Or, uh, yeah. biased not towards John Jones, just biased against Daniel Cormier because all three of us are not fans at all of him. He seems like kind of a doucher. Just a fat dummy who just kind of rolls around on the ground and Okay, but to get into real stuff, he's he's a champion now fighting John Jones, who's come off a couple suspensions um, for banned substances, not steroids, just some other kind of kind of bullcrap stuff. But Jones or Cormier's champion, although he's never beat Jones, so that is tying all thing together. Jones coming back to get his, what he says is his belt back and reclaim his his place on top of the the whole UFC. Um, he's perhaps the greatest fighter in all of USC history. Um, he's in phenomenal shape, which he never was before in his, in his first run to champion. He, you know, he wasn't really working out, wasn't really training hard. He was still knocking dudes out cold, choking them cold. So now he's in phenomenal shape. He's training hard. He's, you know, he's, his life seems to be on the right path. And, uh, yeah, so this is the, this is the main fight of the night. This is the fight of, of the year pretty much. Like I said, this is the one of the hottest rivalries in the game right now, and the trash talking has been phenomenal, even going back years and years, and all that kind of fun stuff. You can check out videos on YouTube and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, you know, with the brawl back in the day, and and the the behind the scenes ESPN footage yeah, they have. I just want kind of to clarify something that you said. Um, just to get a good backstory. It's the fight of the um, year. So you mean is, UFC or is the fight of, all of the year so far fights, for sure, including Mayweather Pacquiao and, uh, or Maywe yeah, Mayweather you, McGregor. What are, you, what are you breaking down over there? Um. Yeah, you mean money? I don't know. Brought as far as fights, well. Like as far as fighting goes, this is probably the fight of the year. But as prize fighting goes, Mayweather McGregor is the fight of of forever. Well, money and, and spectacle and and uh, you know Mayweather McGregor is an event. This isn't gonna you know change the course of 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 history or anything crazy like that. But it's it's a phenomenal UFC fight that. Should sell should sell decent numbers at pay per view. Yeah, so I did. I just and, wanted to uh, clarify that because I actually wrote yeah, down in my notes that this is the most like anticipated. That, Mayweather McGregor is. Um, this is the most is anticipated fight, bout in the fight game picture, but as, since as Mayweather Pacquiao, and that in, and to me that includes Mayweather McGregor. I think that this is a bigger fight. Um, and I know that sounds silly because, like you said, there's a lot of implications. There's a lot of cross board implications with if McGregor wins. Um, and if McGregor does win, then I'll look stupid. 
I think Mayweather wins that, and at the end, and the narrative after Mayweather wins is, you see, even one of the top guys in the MMA can't stick with, you know, one of the top guys in boxing when it's in a boxing match. Now, if May if McGregor goes out and knocks out um, Mayweather, then it becomes a huge story because it's another crossover. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Like you said, the yeah. I was gonna say, like you said, yeah. the implications are are much higher for McGregor Mayweather because if McGregor wins, the whole world changes the next morning, and that's not even an exaggeration. Literally, the world will be different Sunday morning if McGregor knocks out Mayweather. Yeah, but I'm, as far I'm glad as you said that because. Uh, to me, reinforcing your point, as far Cormier as and Jones have real, go, as far as real, you know, real bad, bad blood, blood, real backstory, real, you know, real reason to fight. This is, um, mm. this is May, the and Mayweather. Sure. Right. Yeah, they. 100% and, I, and I think Mayweather and McGregor have an element of hate, real but I think that this rivalry is so new I mean, and, that. And, 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 and it's that, more that about, might be true for Mayweather and McGregor, but and you, you don't and know And this that, comes out in the negotiation. You know it's more that, about you know where the paper is shifted once the fight is over than it is about these two hating each other, right? Because Jones and Cormier, and I realize it's limited, they can't, their contracts are their contracts. They're not going to negotiate for anything more or less like Mayweather and McGregor can. But May, Jones and Cormier have never once mentioned that they want the fight night bonus, that they want, I mean, maybe they did by saying, I want the fight night bonus because I'm going to knock you out, but their their motives have never been money-driven. Their motives have been, like, they. I honestly believe that they would kill each other if this was in the back streets and they these were the only two, or maybe there's a small crowd around them. Like, I literally think that they would probably kill each other, um, which is a different element than the Mayweather-McGregor, in my opinion. Um, so for that... Right. Yeah. It's just different because it's just uh, the storyline is deeper and more complex as of right now. I mean, if if Mayweather yeah. McGregor, yeah, Cor fought, Cormier Jones, whatever, well, have a two-year head start. Ago, I mean, <laughs> I mean, something like this as well, but just as they are now in the in the trajectory they're at, this is definitely yeah. the uh, as yeah. more. True, bad, bad blood, for sure. Yeah, and and uh, so every every like I said, yeah, everyone I mean, saying, yeah, like the, you the said, everyone knows the history of Jones is, uh, and um, Jones won this at one eighty two. That was back in, yeah, but it's 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 January of twenty fifteen. I think. For sure. Um, and this this one this one this fight's a little bit interesting in my opinion because although all fights fall into this category, this one really. This one really seems to be true that it could finish anywhere from like the first from a first minute TKO to like a fifth round split decision. Like you know how when you know most of the fights when you go in you say oh he'll probably win by TKO or this one will go the distance or this one will end in submission. Like this one it feels like everything is possible and it's just gonna be a it's yeah, just gonna be. I agree. 
a war, whether it lasts one minute or whether it lasts 25 minutes into the judge's you know, and it goes into the judge's hands. Either way, it's going to be absolutely great. Um, like you said, Jones called, I think he said Cormier is the best babysitter in the world or something um, because he's been babysitting his championship. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Um, but I hope either way that it ends in a Jones victory. Um, like you said to me, um, my own personal opinion is I think he's the best fighter, um, not only in the UFC, but in the world. Yeah. And I would even argue that he's the best um pound for uh pound for pound fighter above mighty mouse um if yeah and if he had if he still technically in my opinion he should still be the champion um and if he was this would be i think his i think this would be his 10th title defense so he'd be right up there with uh mighty mouse and he missed two years so I don't know. I think he's the best pound-for-pound pound, uh, title fighter, and um, I just I hope he wins. I have him winning. I have him. Uh, I have him winning in the fourth round. So, yeah, I've I have Jones winning in the fourth round, and I picked Jones on DraftKings. Jones, you have Jones winning in the fourth round. I have I have him winning okay. in the fourth um, round. I also I have, have Jones him, on DraftKings. Um, <clears throat> I also have Jones winning. Oh, well, let me see my notes. Troy here. also has Jones winning. I had him winning in the fourth round, and I now, have him actually winning by submission. It playing out. All right, so not a lot of difference in our. Okay, Troy has Jones winning by submission, and I also have Jones winning by submission. Now, um, which is kind of surprising. I thought it would be at least a little <laughs> bit different in the in the way he would win. I, I figured we'd pick him to win, but um, yeah, he's a. Uh, been practicing, you know, his his ground game, his jujitsu. He's been kind of doing that a lot. So I just think that's how he's going to get it done. I think, like I said, he's in phenomenal shape, and I think Jones is is never in that good of a shape coming in. So I think he's the first, you know, definitely the first round, maybe the first two rounds. He's going to be, you know, getting his his uh his movement back down, his rhythm back down. He hasn't been in there for a while, so he's going to, you know, get his his rhythm back. He's going to get feel more comfortable in there after a couple rounds. And then I think, uh, yep. you know, he's going to start to land those those body those body shots where DC down. I think he's going to yep. be able think, to take um, him down then after a couple rounds when I think he's still he, going. This you know, is, his again, just going back to my, you know, sort of rule of thumb, golden rule of fighting. He's going to take him Jones down. Jones has been and, out for a couple and, years. And I'm, you know, whatever, take his back, take his taking, arm, whatever And I'm is, still and, taking him. Um, but I think w- one of the things that concerns me a little bit about Jones is besides being out for all this time <clears throat> is I think he's got a little bit of um, he's got a little bit of like what's her fate Avenger in him in that the, even though this isn't his UFC debut like you said this is his first time he's been back in the 
in the ring so he's gonna or octagon so he's gonna have a little bit of rust of maybe his timing and his positioning in the ring or in the octagon so if he comes out and he's a little bit flat-footed like he doesn't want to like he's he's hyped inside but he doesn't want to you know press Cormier and he wants Cormier to create some of the action to start I think that's a mistake and I also think it's a little I think it's a little bit of a mistake if he just comes out guns blazing and just tries to finish Cormier in the first you know minute or two I think he's got to come in and like I said with Evinger he's got to set up in the first round um, get his spacing right get how far away he's got to be from Cormier his measurements right and then in the second and third round start to push the envelope a little bit if he comes out flat-footed or super aggressive I think that's a mistake Cormier's been in the octagon these last couple of years and Jones hasn't so I think there's a little aspect of that where the same thing with Evinger and Cyborg is um, Jones is I, I almost look at Jones as kind of making his debut for the first time in the UFC um, because I'm sure things have changed in the last two years and even with some of the even like we've said nonstop about how these rules changed um, and this one is in California so I don't know which I don't know if if they're on the if they're on the Vegas rules or not but you know that could that could ultimately come into play and his only you know his only loss is that DQ to Matt Hamill yeah. where he lost because he was yeah cuz he was dropping so if you if you if you remember that fight um he was on top of Hamill and he was like just just kicking the crap out of him and yeah, like he was looking up at the ref and he was saying like are you going to stop this and Hamill was down on the ground and Jones threw this elbow it you know 12 to 6 which you're not allowed to do where it's straight up and down he just dropped this elbow straight up and down right across the, the bridge of the guy's nose and when he was laying down when the ref like called in an, an illegal elbow uh Hamill was just laying there like basically he was motionless and the blood was running out of his eyes and they it wrapped around his eyes he looked like a raccoon like with blood around his eyes instead of the little white streaks that's how bad it was like he was just but he was in full control of that fight it's not like he did it's not like he pulled a dq or got disqualified because he pulled a cheap shot in the sense that he was losing it so he tried to do whatever he could to win it you know he was in full control and he should have never lost that fight so <clears throat> Yeah, and I think the the one thing that he has a huge advantage in is yeah, Cormier's built like a brick house, but Jones is a couple inches taller and he's got a huge reach advantage. Yeah, I think it's almost a foot um, longer in reach, and even his even his leg reach is like six inches. So I mean, he's got a huge advantage on on Cormier in, in that aspect. So ultimately, I'm picking Jones. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think. Uh, I mean, everybody says DC is you know an Olympic wrestler and everything, but Jones took him down in, in the first fight, and I think he's only gotten better in that aspect of the game and, and this time around. So I think he's. 
going to be able to take him down again. And like you said, he might have some, you know, some kind of no. weird emotions or whatever happened in, in the in the beginning. But I think he's a a skilled enough fighter and a, a smart enough fighter that that's not going to face him as much as as it would, you know, ninety nine percent of the other fighters out there. So. I think I think just watching uh, some of the you know, get interviews and, and get the range and get um, the, some of the cut the screens DC that they were showing last week to, on, to do you know, thing some of the media packages they put together eventually I think one of the things that uh, to me kept reoccurring was Cormier was kept saying even though Cormier is the better is quote unquote supposedly the better wrestler. Um, in all those packages, he was saying, Jones doesn't want to stand up with me. <laughs> and to me, that says he's trying to goat Jones into... Yeah, to me, that says he's trying to goat Jones into sh proving that Jones can stand up with him. He doesn't want to get into a wrestling match with Jones because Jones is going to prove again that he's the better wrestler. He's the better athlete. So it's he, to me, it felt like stand up with him, Cormier yeah. was doing the reverse psychology thing and I don't think Jones will fall for it because I don't really think Jones gives a shit what Cormier says um yep. <laughs> you know some of, some of those it, it does work the reverse psychology definitely works on a lot of fighters but when you have that kind of bad blood you you don't even listen to what the other guy is saying you're you're both talking and you see this in the interview you're both talking over each other you're no, just saying don't. what you're <laughs> saying just to get it out of the way a, a lot like Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz did um where all they did was they talked over each other. You can't even hear what they're saying because they're both talking at the same time, calling each other names and um, doing this, that, and that. And the same result was in the Garbrandt thing where he doesn't care what Cruz says about him. He's going to go out and play his game. Yep. And I feel that way about Jones. He's just going to go out, and if he thinks he can... And if Jones's game plan is to knock out DC, then he's going to try to knock him out. If his game plan is to out-wrestle DC and submit him, he's going to out-wrestle him and submit him. He's not listening to what... DC is saying about John Jones. He's only listening to what John Jones and John Jones Camp is saying about John Jones. Yep. Yeah, as far as the trash talking goes, it seems like DC has been trying to to get under Jones' skin and make him mad, and Jones is just whatever, just shrugs it off, and you know he's like whatever, dude, and then he just keeps going, going back at him and stuff. So it's not not really working in, in DC's favor at all. But um, yeah, the way in they're 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 uh, face up at the way in should yeah, be should be pretty good. Um, they get the official weigh-ins tomorrow morning. I don't so care we'll if DC comes that, and weighs 350 pounds. Jones you know, is taking that fight. trouble in Buffalo up there, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Make sure everything goes smooth, and make sure everybody ma makes it to the to the right. Fight and on, I, on I think Jones night. doesn't care for that. Any, I mean, obviously he wants to be the champion, but I think that if if, if DC pulls that crap, which yeah, is possible, I could see it happening. I could easily see if DC coming well, in a couple pounds overweight to retain the title. I mean, that's the kind of that, and that's why I don't like DC. I don't know if that's exactly why you don't like him, but he just feels like he's that kind of person that would would pull a stunt like that. Exactly, he's got a little snake in him, and I think that's a snake move. That's a that's that's the move the rat makes. The that's the that's the move in WWE terms that the heel makes, right? 
they don't come in and yeah, disqualify like the guy they're fighting. They they hit the guy that's on their side, so then they win the the, the, the thing by disqualification. You know, it's that, that's the kind of moves that they pull. So, but I hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I think I think this is one of the times where the management and the fans are in completely different circles. I mean, just like I, I really do believe that the management likes DC. They have him. They have him doing the analysis. They have him doing the, you know, the during the fights. They have him doing after the fights. I think, I think UFC particularly like particularly likes like Dominic Cruz and Daniel Cormier and those guys that they have doing those broadcasts. And I don't think Dana White and I don't think the UFC management has a real relationship with John Jones. And it probably goes both ways. I doubt Jones likes them that much either. So I think if I think management just on per on a personal level, obviously they probably want Jones to win because um He's the like we were saying. He's the best fighter, and the fans love him. But on a personal level, I feel like if Dana White had to had to pick one or the other, he would go with DC. Yeah, for sure. Dana White definitely is a uh, not the biggest fan of, of Jones for sure mm-hmm. but um, yeah I don't know it's a uh, yeah I think yep, Dana would rather exactly. have DC take it but I mean it's kind of hard to deny your so your I'll just if you want me to I'll just run through my you know, why wouldn't you want him to be champion DraftKings lineup um, just from top to bottom in no particular order I picked uh, Alexandra Albu she's in the I believe she's on the did you? I believe she she's on the the pre prelims, right? Uh, the fight pass prelims. Um, so I picked her, and I picked the other girl fight. So I picked Avenger. Obviously, we talked about that. Um, yeah, I we talked about. Too. I picked Jones. <laughs> yeah. I picked Jason Knight, and I picked Jimmy Manawa. The only other yep. person that we didn't, or the only fight we didn't talk about that I picked, I picked Andre Feely. Um. Touchy feely, yeah, he's got a pretty sweet nickname in my opinion. Not, but that's not the reason I picked him. Although, that's something that I would do. Um, he was the re- the main reason I really picked him is when I looked at his Touchy odds, feely. he was minus three seventy five. And the other guy, I believe, took this fight on short notice. If I have that fight right, so I kind of just went with. Um, he has the better odds, and the other guy took a took the fight on a short notice. So that's why I went with that one. I had a hundred. Mhm. Okay. Um, Her nickname is Stitch. Yeah, I picked. How much money do you have left in your bank? Yep. I have 200. All right. I picked that uh, Alexander, Alexandra Albu. Um, she's a Russian chick who looked ripped in her picture, so I picked her. 
Yeah, Stitch like the the cut guy. Yeah, so go go Albu, Team Albu for sure over here. And then I picked uh, Jason Knight, mm -hmm. and I picked Ozdemir, and then in the title fights, I picked all of them. I picked Maya, Cyborg, John Jones. Yep. $8 tournament on DraftKings. Uh, there's only 9,000 people in at this point, so get your team in. Got a good chance of winning so far. Yeah. Uh, if it does, there's still 20,000 20, open spots you, left. You probably do have to pay something, but it's still worth also, it. Also, there's opinion. a Harley Davidson free roll. You can win a Harley if you take first, so if you want a Harley, yeah. it's free. So. Oh, no, I couldn't either. Unless you got to pay taxes or something. Yeah, so I had... Yeah, yeah, free so Harley. So what, what allowed me to pick, sure. just just a little background on, draft, on my DraftKings strategy. So that feel, that Feely guy was um, take a picture with it, and then I just uh, ninety two hundred. Jones was eighty nine hundred, and Mana was was eighty eight hundred. And the reason I was able to pick all those guys was because I took Avenger. She was sixty six hundred. So like, if you have if you have Cyborg in your in your lineup, which is which is actually a really good strategy because a lot of people are calling for a first round knockout, which is huge. Um, which is definitely worth the 9,600 if you have her in your lineup. But with the way I picked it and the way I thought it was going, it just makes sense to pick Avenger because like you said when we were talking about it, nobody else is going to pick her. So if she does survive um, or she somehow squeaks out a submission finish, yep. then that's going to give me huge point advantage over everybody else plus then i have uh, that plus i have feely knight manawa and jones all in my all in my queue or all in my lineup so that was that was just my basic strategy with with able with being able to pick those top guys i had to sacrifice somewhere and i i know i'm taking a long shot with avenger but when i actually picked her to win it it just made sense to also pick her on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can think about it two ways. You either, you either take Cyborg because it's like it's like you have to take Russell Westbrook in basketball because he's going to score seventy yeah, points it's, it's, and you don't it's, have it's, any it's, That that match but it, is the ultimate but risk Cyborg, reward. Like I said, if Cyborg does because produce, you're, you if have you pick, to have if you pick Avenger, you're risking that, he doesn't produce, that when Cyborg that does get that knockout, way, so. then you're screwed. Because everybody, that probably fifty percent of the people have cyborg, which means you're behind fifty percent of the people. Yep. And then obviously the the counter to that is when you pick Avenger, you're able to pick better guys in other fights, and also you have the chance, the long shot chance, that if she wins, you're going to be the only person with yep. her. So the Avenger cyborg fight is the ultimate risk reward pick, in my opinion. And I just happen to be on the opposite side of. Of you for that one. Yeah, for sure. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to so. see how how it benefits either of us Saturday night. There, that'll be 
a good uh good test for for the two thieves. Yep. Yeah, so uh, that is yeah. the UFC 214 breakdown for yeah, you. Yeah, the only thing I had left, which isn't which we isn't UFC money on DraftKings. If you do, donate um, to our webpage and the return of Arya's Direwolf. And enjoy the fights for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Game of Thrones talk. Alright, I didn't make any notes on that, but... Last episode was pretty sweet. Uh, Nymeria... Spoiler alert, Nymeria came back and, uh... Is yep. freaking so, gigantic now. So just quickly, because yeah, I don't really want to uh, get into a, the Game of Thrones zone. The leader but of the... When I saw that first, woods, like, happening... And I seen... So all these running shit out there in the wild, her, and, uh, I thought... I thought Elmira yeah, would sweet. come... Nymeria would come and protect... Arya, like scare him off. I did not expect her to come and be like the leader of the pack. Now, obviously, they didn't attack Arya, but um, I thought it was going to work where she comes yeah. and sort of protects her, uh, not her sort of leading the pack. <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the backstory. She's like running shit down there in, in the woods with all yep. the other wolves. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Apparently, that's the only, I mean, her and Ghost are the only, you know, only ones left. Probably in the, in the, in the known world anyway, so. Um, so yeah, Game of Thrones is gonna get interesting next episode with, uh, Jon Snow going to Dragonstone and yep. area heading to Winterfell but, possibly. Uh, yeah, that's, and, <clears throat> that was uh, only those are the, the only topics and, that and, I had for tonight. Greyjoys so out there in the open sea, so they got some good stuff going on for sure in the short season. So. All right, we'll wrap it up. Enjoy. Yep. The fight Saturday. Enjoy Game of Thrones Sunday night, and we'll be back next week to break or to not break down to uh, recap the fights and our picks and all that kind of fun stuff, and uh, maybe some more Game of Thrones talk. And we'll make it into some fantasy football next week. So, so tweet us, follow us yep. at Channel Seventy Nine Pod on Twitter. Uh, click the link in the and in the bio to uh, support the cause and link like and subscribe and all that kind of fun stuff yep. on iTunes and, and Stitcher. I don't know if you said and, uh, this, ch79pod.wordpress.com, yeah, we'll I'll put about, up our predictions. If you want to talk about anything, if you want to tell us your picks for the fights, go ahead and do that. And, and if you want to talk about Game of Thrones or whatever you want to do, tweet us about that too. All right, we're going to get the predictions up there for you. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we'll do some polls as well, see who's, who's feeling whoever, and... Uh, yeah, come and come and join the Channel Seventy Nine party on Twitter at Channel Seventy Nine Pod on Twitter. Like you said, the WordPress ch seventy nine Pod WordPress dot com, and uh, the link in the bio on Twitter to donate. And we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, 
everything. Tell your friends and enjoy the fights and enjoy Game of Thrones.